Welcome to Appetite for Production. Over the coming minutes, hours, weeks, and months, we'll be talking about synths, plugins, doors, and how to use them. Or how not to use them. Discussions from the fort lives of two modern music production professionals. I'm sitting here with Tim Kant. He's been a music technology journalist for the past how many years? Um, like, oh God, like 18 or 19? For the past 80 or 90 years. <laughs> He's been the man behind the camera for literally billions of in-studio producer videos, and he's basically seen it all. I've seen it all, I've smelt it all, and I've tasted it all. And this is James Russell. Um, he's the man with his finger on the pulse of today's best software releases. Tim, when I've been doing this for as long as you have, please <laughs> kill me. It will be a pleasure. So... What are we going to talk about today, James? Well, in this first episode, we will be talking about Roland's official 808 and 909 emulations. Mm-hmm. Subscription software services. Mm-hmm. Trackpads. Oh, what an exciting topic for people to listen to with their ears. Ableton Live 10. Very exciting, of course. The personalities of digital audio workstations. Oh, intriguing. I can't wait to find out what that's going to involve. Synths with built-in effects. <laughs> Controversial. Are presets too well designed? Definitely. Max for Live. Mo modules, mo problems. Oh, don't even talk to me about Max for Live. Seriously, don't talk to me about it. And we'll discuss some recent software releases and play with something we've never used before. Oh, I think I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you must have seen this year, Roland finally released emulated versions of the 808 and the 909. Yeah, I just I only just found about this and I must be really slack because I didn't realize anything about the Roland subscription service at all, which is really shocking because I'm a massive Roland fan and everything. And while I'm not so bothered about the 808 and the 909 cuz um you got the D16 stuff anyway. Though it'll be interesting to see Roland's take on it. Like I didn't realize they had emulated versions of the D50 and the D70. But they're not actually emulated versions. They're just apparently they're they're sample. They're you know they're like they're romplers essentially. Right. Which I'm pretty upset about because I love me some uh, some old Roland sound modules. But I feel like when you can pick up the kind of like the like you can pick up like stuff like a Roland JV, pretty cheap secondhand, and you don't have to rent it, basically. Mm. I feel like it's a bit, it's not a great incentive to go for this subscription service. And it kind of raises the question, how many subscription services can people afford? I mean, what are we looking at? What is it, £20 a month? Is that how much it is? $20 a month? We should probably look this up. Let's ask Mr. Internet. Because I've already, I've already got noise and splice um, so it's just like, you know, okay. tell, tell me about noise and splice. Um, they're cool. Um, like I've, I've had a lot of experiences in the past where I've bought sample libraries and used like two sounds off them. Mm. Uh, so I much, I, for me, I freaking love the, uh, yeah, the subscription services. I think they're great. And I use I use the sounds off them. There's good stuff on both of them. Okay. So what? how do you pay for individual things on? 
Um, noise, I've done like a yearly subscription and then you can just download as much as it's like all you can eat, basically. Right. Um, Splice is, um, I'd say Splice has a wider array of sounds on it. You get a number of credits that you can use every month okay. to download things. I have accrued a massive amount of credits. So you're, you're paying every month or every year and then you get credits every month and you can spend them on what you want. Is that yeah, right? so you get like, there's, there's various tiers, whatever. So you'll get like, say... 300 credits a month so you can buy 300 samples um and it's i think it's an amazing i think it's an amazing deal really but you, you made a good point like how many subscription services can you subscribe to yeah it's like the thing is it's this <laughs> i didn't get into this hobby to spend a load of money do you, <laughs> do you know what i mean so like and you know like the thing is everyone's got tons of subscriptions these days we've got like netflix spotify like all the like freaking Squarespace or whatever, like, you know, all this stuff and everything. And it's just, it's just like, I don't, I'm not looking to like spend something like to, I don't want to rent a virtual 808. Do you know what I mean? It just seems crazy. You'd rather buy it. I'd yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I bought, so yeah, I bought an Efferton or whatever. I don't even use it that much. So it's, you know, I just, I just, I mean, I guess for some people, people with loads of money, it's really cool. But well, yeah, Roland Cloud. I'm looking at it now. Twenty dollars a month, and if you want, two hundred and fifteen dollars a year. In the UK, nineteen pound a month. That's too much, man. Because I can all the Roland stuff basically. I've, yeah, I've got a deal on Splice where I'm paying like I was paying like the fourteen dollars a month. I'm on a lower because I had accrued so many credits. I'm on like the lowest tier now. And it's just, I don't know, man, for like, for some emulated Roland stuff. I mean, I'm sure it's all cool and everything, but so that's a decent amount of money. What are you getting on Splice? Are you getting samples and more or just samples? I think you can get patches. I just use it for samples. Okay. So you could get a bunch of Serum presets or something like that. And I, yeah, I think so. But I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Oh, and on Splice as well, you can do rent to own for right. Serum, which that like maybe for Roland did something like that, it'd be cooler. But rent you know. to own is yeah, I think there are so many variations of how to make a subscription service for software. But I don't think anyone's quite hit it on the head yet. No, and the thing is it's like I don't I don't want to get into a situation where I come back to a project uh in twenty four months and I'm like, okay, I've got to re I wanna I wanna like mix bounce down stems from this or whatever. I've got to start paying as a subscription service again. It just seems like a pain. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah. So, I'm not convinced. But, like I say, I'm a massive Roland fan. Um, I, you know, I want them to, I want them to do something that is, you know, that will tempt me, basically. If they, if they offered you all their stuff. So, you've got uh, £200 for a year, 185 for a year on the Roland cloud. Let's say they offered you all their stuff permanently. For the price of a two-year subscription, they said three hundred and seventy pounds to own all of it. Forget the subscription. Would you do that? I don't know, man, because I bought I bought a JV ten eighty off eBay, and I think it even had a, like an expansion card in it for like one hundred and ten quid. Okay, so it's just like <laughs> to know, man. It's just like, and they're not even offering. They're not even offering something that offers the functionality of the actual bits of original hardware. Plus, you can get that Korg analog and digital legacy thing 
like dirt cheap now. I think it's like the equivalent of 125 quid and you just get an absolute load of stuff. And that stuff, it's not sample based. It's actual proper emulations of the stuff and everything. The M1 is perfect. The wave station is great. So like, I don't know, man, this Roland, this Roland deal is not really, not really doing it for me personally. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I don't think I've subscribed to anything. Have you related? <laughs> Um, it's because you're a disloyal person. Yeah, I don't think I've really got involved. Um, of course, you had Cakewalk doing Sonar on subscription. Really? I didn't know about that. That was on subscription for quite a while, but they've it recently... It clearly worked out for them. Yeah, yeah, it clearly worked very well because they've recently pulled the entire line and are not going to develop it anymore. They were... They were releasing, what, an update to it every month or so. Sort of minor updates, never updating in a massive way, but just trickling minor updates in there. But that never gave anyone a reason to talk about it. Mm. You know, if, if there's not a massive new version of Sonar, then there's no reason for people to discuss the massive new version of Sonar. Mm. And they just added, say, a different way for, to do comping Yeah, this month. And it doesn't really get the traction or the conversation that it deserves. It's tricky because potentially it's a fair enough way of doing things. Um, and that would say, like, if you were a Sonar fan, um, then that, you know, that seems to be like a fair enough deal. And I don't know. I think rental software is probably the future. And I, to be honest, I forgot. I, re- I do rent Adobe um, Premiere. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I, I've got an Adobe CC subscription going on yeah it seems true. like everyone's got an adobe cc subscription or whatever it's like everyone's dirty little secret but like to be honest i'd rather just buy something and, yeah. it, and not have to spend like i spend 17 quid a month just on premiere man it's crazy i guess this this is this whole thing is how everything is going yeah and has been going for a while people want you to subscribe to something because their company knows they've got guaranteed income and it's just bleeding across the music software where people might not want it as much. The tricky thing is, right, with Splice, um, you're playing a subscription, but once you download the samples, you've got those samples forever. So it's fair enough. You've got something to keep. Mm. With software, it's not the it's not the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think from what I remember about the Sonar one is that they, once you stopped subscribing, you pretty much had sonar as in the state that you had it oh okay ongoing but, but what's to stop you subscribing for one month and then you've got sonar i'm sure there was something to stop you from subscribing one month maybe after you'd subscribed for a year you could then just stop at any time and it would freeze as the last version that you had and you would get to use that um so there are so many ways to do it there are loads of models the, th- the thing is it's fair enough if you're making money out of this right so like I've got I've got a rent premiere because otherwise I can't do the job properly. If it's if you're looking at it as a hobby sort of thing, then it's just it. I think it's going to create it kind of. It feels like it creates a, a two tier system where hobbyists are just going to be like, meh, I yeah. can't I can't afford this. This you know this this is supposed to be not bleeding me dry. Do you know what I mean? That's true. That's true. And they're just going to go elsewhere. They're going to go to the companies that. are offering them cheaper stuff yeah and the thing is now like if you look at like the way waves are pricing stuff what you know 
why not just fork out on some wave stuff once it's once it's on sale? It's it's bizarre now that we've reached the stage where like Waves is the company that's offering the really consumer friendly, <laughs> cheap sort of deal and everything. But yeah, it's mad, right? Yeah, I mean, well, shopping with Waves feels like buying a sofa. You know, you, if you didn't buy it at the sale price, you're an idiot. Well, oh god, yeah, no, totally. Or you just got totally duped. Yeah, totally. And I, to be honest, I'm pretty happy they're doing the sale stuff because I've bought stuff that I wouldn't have bought for full price right. that I now use like all the time, basically. Okay. I, and I, you know, I'm sure I can't be the only one and everything. So I think, I think fair play. I think that that's probably in, the, in terms of marketing, that's probably, you know, they're probably doing the right thing, I guess. Okay. So next thing, Tim, are you a fan of the humble trackpad? Um, do you know what? I used to exclusively use trackpads um, until I started using some crappy old mouse that I got with a secondhand <laughs> PC I bought. And I bloody love it, mate. It's so good. What, what's so good about your crappy old mouse? I don't know. It's, it's really quick. I find it loads quicker than trackpads. I do miss the gestures on the trackpads. Right. And there were, in fact, there was a point where I was using the laptop and the mouse, so I'd do gestures on the trackpad and still be using the mouse. Now I've just got like a big monitor, so I'm just using mouse and I'm alt-tabbing to switch between stuff like it's the 90s okay. or whatever. Well, I, I love a good trackpad. Yeah, I, I can see you've got I've have an you've ex- got two in front of yeah, you. Yeah, I have an external trackpad and, you know, if I feel like it, I could just use the one that's built into the laptop and go crazy with two trackpads. Mm. But this new thing is called Audio Swift. And uh, basically, Audio Swift is a Mac-only app that lets you use your trackpad as a control service, control surface, and MIDI controller. Mm. So I'm going to play the video on mute. Wow, I've never seen a trackpad before. This is going to be pretty exciting. So basically, you've got a standard app, but what it does, it lets you use the trackpad on its own to control things like faders and to put... as an input device to stick MIDI in there or do anything like that. Oh, okay. So it's not not literally just an XY control. No, but it can be. That's one of the uses you can use. You can use it as an XY or you can use it sort of as a little mixing fader. Choose the next channel, choose the next channel, adjust the fader, choose the next channel, something like that. What do you think of that? I think some people are going to be keen on that. For me, I don't know, man, like, I, I consider myself a demon with a mouse and keyboard, so I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm into it, man. It look, but like, to be honest, though, it looks like they've done a decent job on the, uh, on the software and everything. I think this automation using it and recording in automation and just pulling your finger to where you want the automation to be as it records the automation, that's a good usage for it. It does that does actually look all right, and I know I saw that the price was quite. Is it like twenty five dollars or something? Because I've got an external trackpad that I'm not using, so you you've got to think that I would be their ideal consumer. Yeah, it's twenty four dollars, and yeah, we both have external trackpads. I am a, as I said, massive fan of trackpadding, but I, are I you gonna do it? I don't love it. It's a good idea. It's cool how they've done it so that you can like use it as like a drum pad and stuff. That's pretty, you pretty can. innovative. You can use it as a drum pad, as a keyboard, or anything like that. But yeah, I, I don't know how much use I would truly get out of it. 
even though I do have a place on my MIDI controller just to stick my trackpad where there is nothing else going on. And I do keep my trackpad there, so it could technically just help out. Are you gonna are you gonna take the plunge? Is I did I see there's a demo version? Maybe I'm gonna try it out for next time and see if I can report on my insane trackpad messings and see if it revolutionizes my uh my making music or if it's just a damp squib. Oh, I don't know, man. I just feel like anything that makes music making more complicated is a bit of a I don't know, a bit of a white elephant. True. Well, it is, for some people, this might make it easier if they are reaching for a mouse and clicking faders rather than just hmm. putting their finger on their trackpad and going up and down. Could be helpful. But, I mean, it, it all depends on how you make music. Like, if you put a crap load of hand-drawn automation in there, then hmm. this is going to help. But I assume most people don't. No. And, like, I guess, I guess some people love twiddling knobs. But with a trackpad, you don't get that sort of tactile... Or some some people might say haptic feedback. Um, <laughs> is that right? But uh, yeah, like, I don't know, man. Well, it's good that they've done it anyway, because I'm sure there's going to be like three people who absolutely go nuts for it, yeah. basically. Yeah. So fair play. Okay, this, this thing was announced at NAMM. It is by a company called Sound Theory. And... Um, the app is called Golfos. App or plugin, I'm not quite sure. It's called what? Golfos. G U L L F O W S. Okay, that's <laughs> that rolls off the tongue. So that's already a great start. So basically, I don't want to say it's a mastering processor, but it's sort of like a sound battery processor. Maybe it's this kind of thing that you might try using almost after mastering. Just to give a final push. Uh, after mastering? Well, um, oh my God. I'm not going to invent a new strand <laughs> of production here. Post mastering. Or maybe just for a quick master or maybe for one track. Basically, it's using some form of technology that they've come up with to maximize many, many individual bands. I'll read you some of their blurb. Please do. Okay, it says. Golfos is designed to improve the clarity and audibility of any single instrument recording, mix, or nearly mastered soundtrack. By dynamically altering the levels of hundreds of frequency bands more than 100 times per second, hearable information is maximized. Wicked. Okay. So it's basically... Do you get the principle? Yeah, so it's gonna, it's, it's like a multi-band compressor for every single frequency. It's just going to make everything insanely loud. Yeah, bring it on. So... Now, the problem with this, when I was on their website, I decided to listen to the audio demos. Yeah. And I wasn't impressed. Oh, really? You, there, you've got a page where you can just, you can play with Golfos without Golfos and the original. And from what I could hear, I mean, obviously I wasn't analysing it too much. I was just listening to it. But to me, it sounded like it boosted the highs and basically felt like there was some background noise added to it, if anything, with the Golfos on it. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Do you want to take a listen? Yeah, why not? Tim is listening to Golfos. Yes, he is. Look at his little face. So what is just like bringing up the sort of high end for some reason just bringing up the quiet parts i, I mean, don't i'm sure it's doing a lot of things i'm sure it's very very clever and it's it's messing with 
things to sort out phase coherence and whatnot, multiple microphones and whatnot. And really? <laughs> you do get a bit more clarity from many microphones. But do you feel it? Do you feel there's a buzzing coming in? Um, I like it. Feel yeah. It feels like you can hear stuff in the like. If it doesn't sound totally natural, do you know what I mean? It's like you you know that's not what it sounds like when you're listening to a piano that you, that you've got like all of this high stuff is like really really sort of present. And I understand why it would be beneficial quote unquote to have that uh like when people are listening on like sort of less than perfect sort of playback systems and everything but i don't know what happened to stuff sounding nice bro oh, do you know out, what i mean it's like check out the next example is it's got another okay let's do this tim is listening to golfos tim is listening to golfos so sonically to you, what's the difference there? Mate, it sounds like they put an exciter on it. <laughs> so like, I don't know, man. Like, it, which is, I don't know. Like, if you are a bit of a noob and you're, I don't know, your tracks aren't fizzy enough for your own taste. <laughs> I guess you could just put something on it that works like an exciter. Like but I don't know. Combination plugin. I don't think everything needs to sound like super high-endy. Like everyone, like it seems like really fashionable to make stuff sound like super high-endy. And I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's really for, for the best. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. I, that definitely does seem to boost the high-end. If, if anything, just from listening to it, that's what you can tell, right? In both examples... The high end is boosted. I mean, it hasn't like ruined it at all, at all, but it's like, it's such a small difference. I mean, I don't know, like this is going to make me sound like a right grumpy old man, but what happened What happened to getting stuff right from the start? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a lot to be said for the high end in general, because it's something you can easily overcook or undercook. This is this is true. Because usually the high end, even if it's quite loud, it's less loud than the rest. But it's the th- it's such a small difference, though. How much is this thing? Is it a subscription service? Because <laughs> if it, if it is, I I'm not I'm not interested. Basically, <sighs> we have to talk about live ten. Let's talk about live ten, bro. I haven't got my copy of it yet, but I've been assured that I'm going to get it soon. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Okay. So, I well, mean, actually, I'm not that excited, but, you know. You, you haven't used it at all, right? No, I haven't used the beta at all. Because I need stability, mate. You know that the, yeah, it, there's always problems with betas, but you know the broad strokes. What's new, don't you? Yeah, it's mainly some new instruments. Um, groups in groups. Groups in groups. Yeah, nested groups. That sounds cool. Um, I mean, I've always just like just auto- made my own like buses in groups, which isn't that much of a faff. But it make if it makes it a bit less of a faff. Yeah. If it makes it if it makes it more of a faff, I'm going to be upset with that. So for some reason, the one thing that stood out the most to me, I don't know, I don't know why, because it's not like I'm going to use it every day. But just pressing R to reverse a track. To reverse a, an audio clip. Oh, okay. It's just just press R and it reverses it. It's like how much stuff are you reversing? There no, means, yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I was just it struck me as okay. I mean, that's a good idea. I like that you've done that. Yeah. I'm not going to use it very often, but I like that you've done that. 
I don't know, man. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, what's the synth called? Wavetable, is it? Wavetable, yeah. That seems like a cool idea. Um, it does seem like Serum is really kind of like dominating uh, that, yeah. you know, the sort of upfront, powerful kind of big synthesis sort of thing. Maybe maybe this will kind of like make a dent in it, but it's, I don't know. Serum has definitely has been dominating the minds of anyone who makes plugins for years and years because they seem to just keep trying to copy it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Wavetable's not got any import... I don't believe, for mm. your own sounds. Serum's even got PNG import, so you can just import a picture and start start going with it. It's like when you when you want to take on Steve Duda, that is a big challenge because he's a boss. <laughs> he do you is, know what I mean? He's a bit like Jesus for plugins. <laughs> yeah, 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 he is. <laughs> he's like he's like Goliath and David rolled into one. <laughs> Uh, what other he's got long hair like Samson yes he is a mythical character <laughs> um, the, the bible's not a myth James no, can we <laughs> can we compare him to Hercules he's definitely he, like he's Hercules. done some heavy lifting when it comes to DSP coding I'm sure oh, you're so right yeah it's just like I don't know maybe people should try something new or whatever but to, to be honest I haven't used Wavetable if that is indeed its name so I can't I it can't. is its name but yeah, you okay. have definitely not used it yeah like the thing is for me personally I don't make too much music with like grindy bass noises in it anymore so <laughs> there's not a lot of incentive for me to like go down the route of like because I used to I used to be banging to massive back in the day yeah FMA <clears throat> I know that pretty well but like serum it's just yeah it just seems like a, a real big a real big deal to learn because it, there's a lot of stuff going on there. not that it's not well designed and it's, oh, no. you know it seems like you know it seems like he you know he's done an incredible job mm. and people absolutely love it okay on the subject of how it works what do you think about synths that have effects in obviously most synths do have an effects section in but think about serum and the fact that you've got a whole separate tab for loads and loads of effects do you ever use them does it help does it hurt i generally like to keep the effects external what i do like with serum is stuff like it's got stuff like filters that are reverbs and stuff in there so stuff that like sound designy sort of stuff mm. that you wouldn't wouldn't be really as convenient to use if it was an external effect right so so yeah so i think it's really fair enough and i think it's really sound how he gives like the effect version away for free i believe which oh, is really? which you know which is really really nice and everything so and you know and serum serum's reasonably priced i think w what it helps with i i don't generally go to the effects sections in a synth i just put something in there yeah but what it does help with is getting a load of great presets with it so they can sell more presets more people use it and it just opens up a another market of people who want interesting great presets the thing is i think when it comes to reverb that can be a really integral part of a sounds design I think a lot of other stuff, especially delay, I don't really like. I mean, do you know what? It really annoys me when people put delays on, on a samples. That, or, uh, that on is samples. annoying. Yeah, because on a preset, you can turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Delays on samples, mate. It's just like, why are you, why are you making my life so hard? Um, no, that's just, that's just assuming that they know your tempo right, as well. Mate, not everyone is making 120 <laughs> BPM house music. Do you know what I'm saying, <laughs> bruv? So, yeah... Um, but yeah, 
I, you know, it's fair. It's fair enough. And some some synths have like decent enough built-in effects, but I don't know, man. I prefer to. I, you know, the thing is, the quality of these external effects you can get now is so good. Why would you limit yourself to using internal stuff? Well, true, because it. But the answer is because it's simpler. And it's right there, and you don't have to load another thing. You don't have to look for another thing. You don't have to master another thing. You just you're still in the synth. You're programming the synth, and then you just whack a whack a reverb on there, and you whack a distortion on there. No, it is no, no, I'm not feeling it, man. And do you know, what? every time I like, I use pre, I use a fair few sounds from Omnisphere or whatever. I'm turning those presets off, mate, because right. it's because it's you can you can get better results and have more control if you're using external stuff. So yeah, so I'm t- I didn't realize how down on internal effects I was, but yeah, it turns out I hate them <laughs> with, a, with a passion. Um, brings me to another thing about presets. I remember playing with the the old Dave Smith Pro Two, and that basically you, you can cycle through the presets, and they're all as you can imagine, shit hot presets, best presets you've ever heard, amazing sounds, and if you do anything. To those presets by definition you're making it worse like mm. if you want to tweak anything you're making it worse you're making it worse every time because mm. they're so damn good that you can only make them worse so i think what people should be doing is offering sort of sketch presets so <clears throat> as well as your massively well-designed sounds you should offer some starting points at the same time I have no idea what you're talking about. So let's say instead of doing a whole setup for the synth and everything's going crazy and everything is sounding massively impressive, you do a thing where a few things have been programmed and the user can take it off in their direction. Yeah, I, okay. No, that's fair enough. Um, I guess there's a big incentive for patch designers to put a load of effects on their stuff so it sounds big and impressive, which makes it less usable. But it's like, but on the other hand, you can just turn this stuff off. So yeah. it's, you know, so it's fair enough, really, and everything. Yeah. But then you've got to take ages turning it off. Well, I know. It makes se- everything off. Every second counts when you're making music. <laughs> Do you like Appetite for Production? Then like Appetite for Production. On Facebook, search Appetite for the number production podcast. On Twitter, we're at A4P Podcast. Again, that's the number four. We'll do something on Reddit, probably Appetite for Production. I would imagine for the number. Sing a pattern here. Find out a bit more on our website, A4PPodcast.com. And you can see this episode's initialize this on our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. What else is new in Live 10? Um, I don't, I didn't really, all I really paid attention to was Wavetable and then Nest Groups. Oh, and there's this Capture MIDI thing, which Capture I guess MIDI. Is, which is... See? Yeah, this has also just appeared in Pro Tools as well. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I don't know why people haven't been doing this for ages. Maybe there was some technical limitation, but yeah. So if you've been noodling about with your keyboard and accidentally either you find out you didn't hit record or you thought, oh, that thing I just played to mess about was great. Yeah. I wish I'd recorded it. You can click your little capture button and it will have recorded it. Yeah. Like basically, 
I really like live. I'm just hoping that the new stuff they're doing doesn't detract from its usability, basically. But they seem they seem like they've got their sort of design pretty pretty sorted and everything. It it doesn't seem like they're messing stuff up too much. So yeah, it's not a massive update. But mm. I mean, it is. But the things they're introducing are small, but they work really well together. I think it's a strategy that's worked really well for them. It's such a usable bit of software, especially now. I think other manufacturers could stand to learn learn a bit from from what they do. Really, the drum bus plugin and the echo plugin. Yeah, I mean, it's a drum bus. It's basically just like a sort of glue, like glue sort of style thing, is it? In a way, yeah. It's got some sort of low, mid, high things to dial in there, and you can you can tailor it a bit. Yeah. It's specifically for that. You can add some specific things to the mids, specific things to the highs. I don't I tend not to mess with my drum buses too much again, but I don't know, I'm sure I'm sure that's not how a lot of people work. So it's True. probably And what was the other one? Echo. The Echo, yeah. That's another sort of full screen thing. What do you think about the full screen in Wavetable and the Echo? Um I I generally don't like the design of lives built-in effects and instruments and stuff and everything. Um, I think it's I think it's better when they're full screen. I guess you'll you'll let me know when you've actually played with it and you. Uh... Yeah, I'm sure you'll be on the edge of your seat if I <laughs> to find that one out. What they need is um, space, something like the is as good as space designer. <laughs> Because that's that's what every kind of door really like lacks, I think, compared to Logic. Well, like a proper convolution with loads of presets in it. Yeah, like if you you know if you could get Space Designer as a sort of standalone, well, uh, as a plugin sort of thing, I think people would go crazy for that. Mm. But but yeah, I think, and in Max for Live, there's convolution stuff and everything. Um, but you know. You know, the trouble with stuff like Max for Live is it's a bit of a faff if you're not using it all the time, but, you know. True, yeah. Max for Live is is a is a whole nother world, isn't it? Yeah. And I've never been able to quite breach that world. Yeah, I mean, I've, I like, I think I've used, like, the Convolution Reverb in it once and everything, but it's just <laughs> like, oh, man, it's just like, oh, life's too short, dude. I mean, I, I could see myself using it at some point. But I would definitely, what I'd want is for someone to just sit me down and say, okay, here's the very basics of Max for Live. I don't want to watch a tutorial. I don't want to do any research. I want someone to say, oh, if you just do this, this, and this, then you're up and running with Max and you can mess about with it yourself. I don't know if just it's very that, that simple, intro. man. I think I think Max is probably quite complicated. Oh, that's the whole problem, yeah. <laughs> like the, th- the thing is, like, I, I, did, I did a load of Reactor stuff at university, and don't get me wrong, I love Reactor. It's absolutely amazing. But I, you know, I'm a busy guy. I want to <laughs> make generic drum and bass tunes as quickly as possible. So it's like, uh, do you know what? It's like, it's, you know, I don't, I think if, I think if your priority is making tunes, um, I think, I think those things are probably, I don't know. It seems to be a bit of a gulf between people who want to make tunes quickly and people who want to tinker um, and I think right. I think Max for Live and Reactor are more on the tinkerers side. I, I I can agree. I think everyone can agree with that. I don't think there are that many producers who have spuffed out a quick hit by loading up Max for Live and Reactor and just getting nerdy. There are some, but the, it's the, not the, the rule. The, the one example I can think of is um, I did a producer masterclass with DJ Fresh, 
and he made him Max for Live like a drum roll builder, which I thought was an amazing <laughs> idea because, you know, he's presumably using a lot of drum rolls. And it's, uh, you know, so fair play to him. Hats off for him. Uh, to him for that one it's nice to see when someone's done it you know i was like i was like mate you know he's really he you know he's he's a he's a famous guy or whatever he doesn't need to be programming his own max things but he was doing it so yeah a lot i've got a lot of time for that so how many months did it take you to build that one (laughs) i think he's pretty smart i think he probably knocked it up quite quickly so you know so fair play oh Uh, something that's come out recently, which I haven't seen much about. Uh, maybe you can tell me the Ni Effect Series mod pack. Is that the name of it? Yeah, the yeah the mod pack. I get um, it. So I can yeah. I remember this- they they released uh, a freeware phaser or something over it, Christmas, didn't they? Yeah. So Phasis, I believe, is how it's. I was calling it Phasis, but apparently it's pronounced Phasis. Was released before Christmas for free. Full disclosure: I made the promo vids for these. So I was using them before they came out. And um, obviously, I'm prejudiced, but they are really good. Consider yourselves disclosed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so there's Phasis, which is a phaser, which has got an ultra mode, which means that you can like put some of the settings to extreme values. Oh, yeah. There's Coral. How, ex- how extreme are we talking here? Oh, it's triple X rated, mate. Coral, which is like a chorus, which has got like, which you can do some kind of reverb sort of stuff with, which is kind of interesting. When you crank it up, it sort of... Well, it's got like some decay settings and and sort of stuff on there and everything. And also Flare, which has, um, it's got an interesting, so it's got, it's got, so it's a flanger. It's Uh got up to four voices. I think it's four voices. Yeah, I think it's for voices. And so um, it's got a 3-0 mode, which is great for getting like sort of a tape flange style effect. Also, it's got a scan mode. So you can scan between the four voices and that you can get some kind of like chip tune arpeggiator. If you're, sort of thing if you're talking about a four voice flanger, would that be like four different delay lines all modulating? Yeah. yeah. As if you had four tape yeah it's not like yeah they're basically tuned to different things they're not like they're not all modulating at different speeds as far as i can remember um but yeah they're all tuned and you can control you can tune the root note of it as well Uh so you get some interesting effects um and yeah and it's cool you can buy them individually but it's much better value if you buy them as the pack not that we're saying you should because well yeah i do yeah it feels it feels a bit funny sort of talking about this when i you know it does this is not an endorsement of anything they've paid you to make a promotional video that's what you do anyway so we're not (laughs) this is making it sound a lot more dodgy than it actually haven't paid you anything to promote it no oh god no no but yeah but but it's it is it's a big release so we're talking about it yeah i think I, i definitely think it's worth checking out um i you know it's interesting because mod effects are somewhere where you don't tend to see a lot of innovation. Yeah, uh, true. So I think it's worth checking out. And I was pretty, I was pretty happy with some of the results I got in the video, like especially like some of the stuff on like drum beats and stuff and everything. But right. it's like you know, the, okay. the question, the question you have to ask yourself as a user is, how often am I using these kind of effects? Well, the question I want to ask you mm. is, shouldn't these three plugins be one plugin? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, you think um, they're, they're unique enough? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and they they all take 
like they've all got their own sort of unique sort of things that they do differently and stuff and everything. Mm. I can understand why you might suggest that there'd all be one plugin. I think it's more convenient to have them separately. Okay. Really. And I think, you know, and and I typically haven't really got too many um, modulation plugins. So I I get why they made it. I do love how NI do their, um, they draw the sort of waveform around the knob. Oh yeah, it looks nice. Like that if, is, if yeah. If it's a frequency knob, the the wave around the knob gets gets higher frequency. If yeah, it look it looks amount cool. gets higher amplitude. It's great. And they do, and they've got like graphical displays that show you what's going on and oh, everything. Yeah, mm. it's yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And they, you know, they sound great. Um, so yeah, it's worth investigating, and it's it's interesting that Ni are doing something that's a bit less you know they do a lot of stuff that's really complicated and full-on and this for them i mean i know they've done stuff like is it like drive the uh or supercharger Supercharger. they do a few they do a few things that are kind of like verging on like sort of like one knob sort of stuff or whatever yeah i mean supercharger it's a basically compressor slash sort of very characterful compressor but it's got plenty of controls to it Mm. It's, I mean, my, I'm talking about Supercharger GT, which may be a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's sure, far sure. more comprehensive set of controls. But yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not what I'd call a one-knob plugin, because each one of them has about, what, seven of them. <laughs> well, yes. They're simple, uh, but yeah, they're, not, they're not by any means all the processing is done under the hood. No, but it's... Out. It's not like they're like one of these like reactor things where it's kind of like real. Like if you, I did a video for Prism a while ago. Yeah. I forgot how complicated that thing is, <laughs> man. Like it's the yeah, partials all over the shop, me. So yeah, it's like, so, you know, it's nice that they're doing a wide, a wide range of stuff for, for everybody. There's something for everybody. It's good. And you can imagine it will end up dropping into the next version of complete. Yeah, totally. When that surfaces. And that, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, you know, that seems to be NI's whole game plan. It's to get people buying complete because there's just an absolute ton of stuff in there. And yeah, and the, you know, it's, yeah, they're quality, quality additions, I think. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, did you see the thing I put in the document about what would doors, what if doors were real people, who would they be? No. What would their personalities be? I like? did not see that. Should we give that a go? Please do. If doors were real people, what what would they be like? So if you had a human personification of different doors, okay, what okay, would you okay. imagine they'd be? Let's 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 get this straight right from the gate. Ableton Live is a German techno guy with a blazer on. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair enough. Right? And he's, you know, and he's not like obnoxious with it or anything like that. <clears throat> no, it's just whatever. cool. And people, everyone likes him. Yeah. But he's kind of, I get the feeling he's kind of like, he's all business or whatever. <laughs> he's not like, he's not, you know. He's not going to have a laugh with you. No, I don't think he, like, I don't think he's like on Mandy. He might have a couple of gins, but then he'll go home. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, and he's probably got all his stuff in, like, nice, he carries his stuff around in, like, nice bags and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's pretty, he's, like, a pretty smart guy and everything. So, yeah, so, you know, he's fair enough, you, you know, you'd, ha- you'd, you'd hang out with him and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a nightmare. Yeah, I don't think anyone can disagree with that. No. Uh, okay, who's, what's FL Studio like? FL Studio is is I think, I think he is 420 no scoping people on I think, Xbox Live. I think FL Studio <laughs> might be you. 
No way, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I've, for starters, I don't even use Windows anymore. <laughs> so so that forget that noise. Um, I think FL Studio, he's kind of like... I don't know. He's not totally on the level. If you get, if you get what I'm saying, um, I think he's probably pirating software. I think FL Studio is a guy who makes music in his bedroom. He's probably between the ages of 15 and 17. He's probably he's probably knows his stuff inside out and is pretty talented, but maybe lacks social skills. Is that right? I think that's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fair to suggest that that might be the personality of FL Studio, but yeah. Yeah. What about Logic? Oh, Logic. Uh, Logic is probably... Hollywood guy? I imagine Logic as like an app store, not an app store, an Apple store yeah. genius guy. Apple or genius, yeah. So, you know. But also, you know, Logic is one of those choices that people get started with as well. And sort of hobby, like someone just wants to record their guitar and sing it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really true, and I think I think Apple have done a good job of making it accessible. So maybe he's like a friendly he's like a friendly guy who works at the Apple Store who'll help you. Yeah, he'll, he'll help you with your stuff and everything. Approachable. He's a pr- yeah, he's approachable. But he can also get deep if you take LSD with him. <laughs> what about Reaper? Reaper, Reaper. What can't you say about Reaper? Why would you have a massive window to host every plugin? He gets the job done. Do you I, know I what do. I'm saying? I, I have used Reaper many times, and I enjoy it. I haven't quite spent enough time to just be able to call it up and get going with it. It does some weird things, such as by default, if you let's say you install it and load it up, and you try and extend a clip or drag a clip out, it will loop that clip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, that's one way to do it. It's got it's got idiosyncrasies, basically. So, yeah. yeah, but it also has a load of sort of mods and community stuff going on, so it can potentially yeah. be incredible. I'd say, I mean, I, it's a savant, is what you're saying, basically. Yeah, it is a bit savantish, isn't it? Yeah. What about Cubase? Cubase, Cubase is. Definitely middle aged. I think so. He, it's a mature. It's a mature package. Yeah, yeah. Um, needs an eye lock, not an eye lock, but it needs an e licenser. He's so he's got like kind of like he needs security. Basically, he's not. He's not. He's not hanging out at the club with FL Studio and Ableton Live guys. Yeah, is he? N- yeah, absolutely. And even even Logic guy would probably like go to a club, but I don't think Cubase is going to the club. No, Cubase is not going to pull out. With a limousine and no, I think I think he basically staying at home and doing some very precise guitar recording with yeah, immaculate well, fades. Cubase might just live in a cabin in the woods, but a really really nice cabin. Yeah, in the woods. sure, like sure. A, a very modern architecture, sort of uh, Frank Lloyd Wright sort of cabin in the woods. Oh God, yeah, that sounds great. What about um, <laughs> Studio One? Studio One. I, Studio One is something we are going to talk about a lot because... Oh, okay. I know Studio One pretty well. I like Studio One. Oh, God, are you Studio One? I am not Studio One. Okay. At least uh, I'll let you decide that. But you don't know much Studio One. No, I've seen it a bit, but I haven't used it loads. And, you know, this is the world we're living in right now. There are many, many doors that that you can choose between. And some of them are old, some of them are new. Studio One is new and it's doing things slightly differently. It's got things it does really well. It's got things it does really stupidly. 
And yesterday I updated Studio One and now when I open it, it immediately crashes. Oh, man. That's not a good look. <laughs> it's not a good look. And it it does some silly things. Maybe it's more a problem with my computer, but it does some silly things. Just to take you on a tangent here. Yesterday, because I couldn't open Studio One, I went for Waveform, which is Traction's uh, door. I thought that... I thought their door was called something else. It now. was called Traction, but now it's called Waveform. Basically, the export options on Waveform are great. Coming from Studio One, which I usually use, Waveform is 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 a friggin' miracle. What? <clears throat> I don't understand how some person, anyone, could get excited about export options. Check this out. Okay. So you open your export window, and it immediately renders the file in the background. You choose an option such as, I don't want a stereo bounce, I want a mono bounce. Immediately re-renders a mono bounce, sort of works it in the background. Because, you know, when you're on the export dialog, you're not doing anything else. You're not using any other process. No, you're no. just choosing your options. So it uses that time to render everything sort of in the background. You can just choose mono and stereo, which is great. Coming from Studio One, getting a mono export is Shit. Why are you exporting mono anyway, mate? Well, vocals. Okay. But I don't... Like, why, why not just... If something's been recorded using an SM57, you need a mono. There's no point in having a stereo. Anyway, I'm doing that. But also, other options, you want to remove silence at the start, you just tick it. You want oh, to... words. Normalise it. You just click normalise, and it re-renders it. And when you say, okay, go, it, it doesn't even need to load anything because it's already rendered it. That's so cool. That's really good. Sorry for the tangent. But no. I, I, my mind was blown. Let me let me take you on another tangent. Lives export automatically <laughs> exporting to SoundCloud. I think that's a bad idea. I think we should get rid of that. <laughs> that yeah, a lot of people have that. <laughs> I think they should be I think we should have things that put obstacles in the way of people uploading music rather than making it. <laughs> I think we I think we all need less music in our lives rather than more. I think that is amazingly true. Okay, so, so who is it sounds like to me it sounds like Studio One is kind of like a hot mess. Like he's yeah. you know he's the cool new guy and everything. But like I don't know. It's got me- some kinks to be worked some, out. Some personality issues Maybe, maybe he turns, you know, he t- he wakes up in sheds or whatever. Yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be fixed. Maybe it won't be fixed. It sounds uh, like he needs some therapy. Yeah, but he's still young, so that- he's still he's still he's got time to develop into a, a fully rounded adult. I yeah, guess. well, well adjusted sort of door. Um, what about reason? Uh, I think I think you've got to tell me what reason is because I'm I'm too close to reason. Oh, re- oh, of course you are. I think. I don't know. I don't know what reason is. It feels like reason doesn't even, in a way, doesn't really have too much of a personality. It's kind of like its own thing. It's like this unknowable, unknowable guy who's just kind like of in his hermit. own world. Yeah, he's definitely like you. But the, <laughs> the sort of the idea I have these days is the people that are using it are more sort of hip hop newcomers, and maybe oh, okay. some rock people. But it's rock people, really. It could well be. Uh, that's from what I see. But does that mean that reason as a door is like those people? I no, I don't know. It's hands on. Yeah, it's old and it's it was cool when it was young. 
but now it, it refuses to change. Oh, for the it's most reason part. is the prodigy, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's kind of still doing the same thing and everything. You know, Bez. You know, oh, Bez, Bez is still doing the same thing. Yeah, Bez is still mental, but... Um... <laughs> so, you know... Reason was like a promising young upstart who just did too much, too many party drugs. Right. And is now kind of stuck in a rut. Yeah, they've, they've, <laughs> they've set the brain in the exact same place. Yeah. I can agree with that. What other what other doors are there that we feel? I feel like we need to cover all of them. Oh, uh, you've got to... Renoise. Oh, Renoise, man. That, Renoise is, is more leap than, yeah. than FL Studio. Renoise is sitting in the basement uh, in his mum's house. Yeah. And he's like dressed up like Neo out of the <laughs> with a uh, sort of glowing numbers, numbers scrolling flying down. in front of his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is fully agreed. Yeah, there's I no think, more discussion. I think we've got. Yeah, I think we've got. I think we've got renoises. What number. about uh, Bitwig? Oh, I think and Bitwig is another main question. Is Bitwig a girl? Oh, but maybe Bitwig's like some kind of like hot nerdy chick or whatever. I think that like, might, yeah. Like, you know, people are <laughs> people are like, it's turning people who like Ableton's heads a little bit and they're like, maybe she's a bit too crazy for me. I don't know. She's got, she's got cool features. So yeah, I, and that would work, that would work because I'm intimidated by Bitwig. I want to, I want to get I. involved with Bitwig, but it's like, <laughs> you know, my heart, my heart is belonging to Ableton Live at the moment, I think. Any more doors we've missed? I mean, there are there are little things. What like... about okay? So traction. If traction was a person, <clears throat> um, very specific, very specific. That's I. It's got a lot of great things that you can do that no one, else no one cares. has or had. But yeah, they, they, it's hard for them to get. It's like uh, a sort of traction. like sort of Van Gogh style character, unappreciated in his own lifetime, basically. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. It's uh, the unappreciated artist, yeah, who has a lot to offer, but but no one no one seems to be cracking it. No, I think that's pretty. That's pretty much Sonar. Sonar, rest in peace. All right, yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> V.I.P. I'm not sure if there's anything tasteful we can say about Sonar. <laughs> I think that's 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 most of them. And they're all brilliant, by the way. Uh, all of them are valid, whatever you use. They are perfect, unless you're using Magic's Music Maker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ma oh, mate, don't get me started on Magic's Music Maker. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, it is now time for Initialize This. So what's happened? What's initialized this all about then, bro? Tell me. You are going to play with an initialized synth, a synth that you have never seen or touched before. I haven't seen this synth before. What the hell is it? Okay, this synth is called Wiggle, and it is by Second Sense Audio, which is uh, possibly the first Chinese plugin developer. Oh, words. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, it's currently in an initialized state. Yeah. So have a go with it. See what you can do with it. Are you going to give me any tips beforehand? Nothing. Okay, right. I'm going to play a C note to kick off because that's pretty exciting. Okay, it looks like we've got four oscillators. Okay, it's got PD. Is that phase distortion? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Okay. 
Right, that's not, that's not changing it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so this is... So this is some kind of wave shaping, I guess? Oh, that's quite loud. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's all right. And that's just one of them. Yeah, so I'm doing something with a frequency thing. So I guess... I don't really know, because that sounds a bit um, phase distortion-y. That is the phase distortion mode. Yeah, I'm not too interested in that, to be honest. I'm going to mess around. Oh, God. This is hard. Okay, none of these things that I'm doing. I'm going to try wiggling the waveform around, because it's called Wiggle. Yes. Ooh. Now... Oh, that's... I get a bit of a vocal thing there. As you move those notes, you can also modulate those notes. Well, how do I... Go on, give me a hint. How do I modulate this? Because... That sounds nice. Yeah, you like that? I do like that. Can okay. I right-click it? Oh, MIDI learn for point. I don't want to do MIDI learn. You don't mate. want to. Life's too short for that. So modulation is down here. Okay, and how do I assign that to a point on here? That is a good question. You don't know, do you? Okay, let's... <laughs> There's also an FM matrix. Let's have a... Okay, I'm using FM2 to 1, I think. Oh, God. Oh, it's a bit much. Okay. <laughs> oh, this seems really complicated. Is it a morph pad? That's not assigned to anything. Oh, God. Okay. Um, right. I'm good. There's some kind of... This filter knob It's just gone. <laughs> Discrete settings. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. Let's try and get something modulating. Okay. Help, help, so you've got, help me, James. You've got mod one operating down at the bottom there, right? Yeah, there's some destinations here. I don't... Okay. Yeah, can you maybe change the... Something... Uh, oh, can I drag that onto something? Drag it. No. Not quite. No. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I've yeah, assigned a, a macro, macro, but it's not. it's not doing anything. Yeah. What? Okay, well, I've, I've already done that. Oh, you did it from the macro. Oh, okay. Oh, look, that, that that thing's moving now. Okay, hang on. If I move these things over... These Chinese dudes are not messing about. <laughs> okay, let's see if I can turn the speed of this up. Oh, length? Is... Nah. Yeah. That, no, that is... is no, that's setting oh, okay. the speed up, yeah. Speed up one cycle, right. Oh, here we go. Oh, that's why it's called Wiggle, my friend. It's wiggling around. It sounds pretty good. Um, if I was if I was using this synth, oh, self-modulating there. If I was using this synth, not as part of some silliness, I would definitely wanna um, read the manual because it is not it's not like silent. Okay, I'm going to turn the FM from 2 to 1 down now. Oh, are you going to mess with one of the other, other oscillators? In I don't know, are they even... Are they even vo okay, okay, so they're all... Okay, okay, so there's a mixed control for all of them. I've turned one down now, I'll turn up... Here we go, this is oscillator 3. But the yellow one. The yellow one, it's not wiggling. It's like got a bit of a square thing, I'm changing the... 
the shape. So, okay, so you can basically, you've got four points for each waveform that you can move around to create a shape. Let me see if I can assign that mod one to something else. I guess it has to be to one of these knobs. Uh, How do oh, okay. Okay, I got this. So, that so it seems can... like each, okay, so there's four points for each, each wave shape and then it's got a speed and a range control that wiggles them around wiggly, and you can wiggly. assign those to the os oscillators uh, to, to a modulator am i is that kind of am i on the Pretty right much. yeah okay and what sort of modulation options do you have i don't know well you can there's a there's a separate there's a you've got like a wave shaping thing for the modulator and this so there's oh and there's like eight different like basic LFOs that you can use. I'm still using number one here. And you can control, well, it's got grids. I guess that's something that it snaps to. Oh, no, not really. Oh, you've got to turn snap on. No, I'm still not doing it. <laughs> okay, let me, let me try assigning mod two to a different, okay, I'm gonna select a different point on this other oscillator. And I'm gonna assign that. Oh God! Oh, here we go. Yeah, that's wiggling. I've got two different wiggles going on now. I'm going to assign a third. I've got mod three up. I'm going to drag that onto the speeds. Oh God! Oh, that didn't work how I expected. Oh no, it's still doing something. How's it sounding to you? It's just sounding like a really big buzzy square wave. I'm sorry if this is just really <laughs> unpleasant for people listening. Where in, I can't even see filters. Oh, there's oh, there's filter and stuff. Hang on, there's, oh, that's pretty standard. Oh yeah, that sounds that sounds all right. There's some pretty simple filtering options. Let's have another go with a phase distortion, which comes up in a separate window. Doesn't really do much. There's a few different options, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a sine phase distortion. Let's put some modulation in there. Now modulating oscillator three with oscillator one by FM. It's sounding pretty rough. Yeah. Okay. So I think I've I think I've got a vague idea of how this. Oh, it's got a sequencer and stuff built in there. Like it certainly seems like it's got potential. I wouldn't say it's the sort of synth that you can use without reading up on it first. No, basically. Maybe, maybe a bit of sound design and then have a few presets ready that you've already made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Should we have a list? Should we just have a listen to some presets? Because I'm not sure I've done it justice. Oh. Oh, it's quite nice. Presets use quite simple modulation, you know? Everything yeah. is quite simple. It's bread and butter sounds. It's got kind of like a sort of plasticky feel like, do you remember? I don't know if you remember plastics. No. I can't remember who developed that. That was like a phase distortion synth from back in the day. Oh, look, it's got some very clever stuff going on on the morph pad there. 
So, this one's a bit of a mysterious path. Oh, that's got a bit more of a bit more of a kind of new school virtual analog feel. This is a Hoover, apparently. But yeah, I'm not really feeling that one too much. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'd recommend it for people who are into, into the sort of phase distortion sound that you get from plastics or... Um, oh, what's that? What's that Plugin Alliance one? Virtual... C oh, virtual CZ, yeah. CZ, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, interesting stuff. And fair play to the Chinese for getting on it. Let's, ha let's have some more of that stuff, yeah? Yeah, yeah. They've, they're doing well. They've done well with their first one. Yeah, and it looks it looks lovely. Mm. And it's you know, it sounds decent. So yeah. And result. It, you know, it's nice and curvaceous and wiggly. Yeah, I thought I'd be able to make something a bit better without, <laughs> without sight unseen, but yeah, <laughs> I think I've learned a lesson about hubris today. <laughs> well, that's it for the end of our first inaugural episode. How's it been for you, James? It's been emotional, Tim. I don't think the scars from this will fade anytime soon. That's good. We'll see you next time for more music software news and views. Bye. See you later.